Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. <sighs> hey, good news. Good news. Uh, they got a guy who assaulted a lot of Asian women, and they got him. Seven, it looks like, anti-Asian attacks, and they got him. They found him in the library. Have you been to a public library lately in the city? That is the first place you should go if you're looking, if you're a cop and you're looking for somebody who did something bad, the library. That's There's <laughs> all kinds of weird characters in there now, and this guy was found. Now, I did notice one thing. The uh, suspect in this case happens to be Caucasian. He's white. So uh, I think everybody understands that he's a delusional maniac nut job and must be punished and probably treated as well. Uh, stand by for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to come and say this is white supremacy. White supremacy. This is um, this is their M.O. This is what they do. What do they do? They lately are desperate to change the narrative and oh the most cynical thing well i was going to say that i've ever seen it's just the latest cynical horrible thing uh that i've seen in the past 36 hours but joe biden is now blaming january 6th and trump supporters for the invasion of ukraine i <laughs> it's really january you know who's really responsible for the invasion of ukraine not vladimir putin but the crazy guy with the horns that ragtag group that went running around taking selfies in the Capitol. Because according to Joe Biden, they killed five cops and they, 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 uh, they injured so many people. And Putin was watching and taking notes. And that's when he knew he could strike Ukraine. Um, if Joe really wants to know why uh, Putin took advantage of this moment, I think he could look in the mirror. He could look at himself how weak he is, and then he can go back and just do a little Google search. Afghanistan pullout. Look at that footage. Putin definitely noticed that. He also sat down with you face-to-face, looked you in the eye, looked you in the eye in Switzerland in June and said, if I want to do it, now's my time. Now is my time. As far as America's disunity, well, there is plenty of it, but it was fostered by your side, Joe. Black Lives Matter summer. You explaining away and defending all these smash-and-grab robbers and the chaos and the anarchy. It's all good, right? All good. Because it got you into office. Helped get you into office. All those shenanigans. Um, Also in the news, President Trump is possibly facing criminal charges related to January 6th. Well, they already impeached him. This phony baloney January 6th committee... Now, they want to make it sound like uh, they're the Department of Justice and they have any authority here, any prosecutorial authority. No, they just put out basically a press release that they sent a judge a letter. It has no bearing whatsoever. And maybe if you look at it in a certain way, President Trump is in violation of U.S. Code 13762981814 of conspiracy to commit fraud against America. Um. And even they, even the language is like, you know, it is possible that we could conceive of a scenario where Donald Trump may have been in a state of mind in which he contemplated being open to perpetrating a potential fraud against the United States of America. 
he didn't do anything wrong. He looked at the Constitution. He looked at the Electoral Count Act of 1887, as many of us were doing, as his lawyer, Mr. Eastman, was doing, saying, all right, we had a <laughs> we had a crummy election. You know, the same people who said there was Russia collusion, that the Steele dossier was the real deal, that the Ukraine phone call was the worst thing that ever happened, that Donald Trump was a Russian agent, all that stuff. Turn around and tell us that the election was totally fine. And they wonder why a lot of us said, no, I don't think so. And I know it wasn't. I know. My favorite case to look at is Pennsylvania. And anybody tells you, oh, there's no evidence of fraud. There's no. Well, hey, Rudy Giuliani was right. Pennsylvania, it wasn't a fraud case. It was a constitutional case. Two ways to vote in Pennsylvania prior to November of 2020. And in November of 2020, according to its own constitution and the law, you could either vote in person or you can vote absentee with excuse. And then they said, screw that. You can vote any old way you want. No excuse. We're going to send out millions of ballots, fill them out. We'll take care of it. Well, that's fine if it's within the law. And it wasn't within the law. you got to change the constitution to do that. And they didn't. They did not. And you know what? Uh, they got caught, but our media doesn't want to tell that story. They also can't tell that story. They, they just can't. They don't have the wherewithal. They don't have the inclination. They don't have the curiosity. Very few curious people out there in, in, in print, television, media, so-called journalists. No, they don't want to learn anything. You ever notice that? Listen to a question. Listen to one of the questions they ask on the fake news. They just go on for three minutes about how much they know. They don't ask anything. If I'm sitting down with Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, and he knows a lot of things I don't know. I see George Stephanopoulos just asked him a loaded question. I have no idea, no idea what some of those Russians are thinking. Look, the whole thing looks bad to me. It looks bad to us. Ukraine was invaded by Russia, and this was a war of choice. That's what it looks like to me. But there are long, simmering, who-the-hell-knows-what grievances between these two. And I don't know, and probably neither do you, uh, unless you lived over there for many, many years. I know this. We're not getting it from the fake news. You know, there are always shades of gray. You know, there's usually not pure evil and pure good and all that stuff, right? But right now, no. Putin's the monster. Uh, Zelensky's the Pope, and uh, that, that that's it. That's it. Good versus evil. I don't know. I have my, I, I would like to know more, and I see that it's really hard to figure it out. Um, They don't really want to figure it out, the fake news. They just need a narrative, their favorite word, a narrative. I do remember when Mitt Romney said Russia was our greatest geopolitical threat. In 2012, when he was running for president against Obama, guess what they did? They laughed at him. They laughed him off the stage. Everybody. They just dismissed him. <laughs> Silly fool. We love the Russians. We love their money. We love their women. We love their uh, basketball teams. Hey, whatever happened to that guy who owned the Nets? Didn't some Russian friend of Putin own the Nets? Anyway. Um... Yes, it's true. If the January 6th committee can file charges, I can file charges against Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. 
Number one, they're both liars. Now, this will not have any meaning, but I can issue charges. What the hell? Greg Kelly charges Adam Kinzinger with being a crummy actor and with being a liar. Uh, Greg Kelly charges Liz Cheney with being a frumpy, dumpy person who's in desperate need of a makeover and with being a liar. They both lied about Donald Trump's actions on January 6th. They have both said that Donald Trump did nothing to quell the violence. That is not true. He made a video announcement imploring everyone to go home. We love you. We are heartbroken, but you got to do the right thing. You got to go home. We cannot have violence. We need peace. He said it out loud. He tweeted it all afternoon. And uh, they lie about it. You know, Trump is one of those things. You can say whatever you want about him and get away with it, basically, in the fake news. You can say literally anything about him and get away with it up until he finds out about it and he decides to take you on on Twitter. Well, he can't even do that anymore, huh? That's another reason why they wanted them off Twitter. He has been known to take reporters to court. That is a very hard thing to do, though. You basically, uh, uh, the way our system works, you do have a license to lie uh, if you're a member of the media. You do. And, 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 and a member of the public. License to lie. Although, if you, uh, that license <laughs> to say whatever you want has been revoked in many, many matters. Have you noticed that, right? If you have something to say about the vaccine, they're going to determine what's true. They're going to determine what's false. What else did the Russian, what, what else was I told by the media? Over the past couple of weeks, Mitt Romney, that was 10 years ago. Then I heard that uh, Zelensky is a total clown. A big article in the New York Times uh, last week. Zelensky is not up for this moment. He is a comedian out of his depth. Well, he's now emerged as probably the greatest leader in Europe uh, in a very long time. Everybody admires him. Extremely impressive. Uh, Are they going to revise that story? Hmm. All right. Hey, something else you got to keep in mind. In Eastern Europe, they have really bad race relations. Uh, You would think that America and, you know, like... Original sin, as in it only happened here, slavery. Slavery has happened all over the world. It's horrible, but it's true. And this country is far more evolved in terms of race relations and getting along, at least up until recently, up until the the left-wing media, Black Lives Matter, with an assist, by the way, from the Russian government, tried to get everybody at each other's throats over race. And on that, by the way, who's been to Washington, D.C. lately? Do you know they defaced the area outside of the White House permanently? There's this beautiful street. It's 16th Street. It, 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 it's like 20 miles long. It cuts right through Washington, D.C., and it ends at the White House. It's real. It, it's like, have you ever been to Paris? It's like one of those streets. It's just very symmetrical. It's just there's something really nice about it. And Miles away, you can see the White House, way off in the distance. Well, just as you get to Lafayette Park, which is the beautiful, used to be beautiful, now it's basically a crack hangout park across from the White House, 16th Street comes to an end. At the end of 16th Street, well, we don't call it 16th Street anymore, we call it Black Lives Matter Plaza. And I was curious if it still says Black Lives Matter in great big yellow letters, like they put on Trump 
on Fifth Avenue here in New York and a couple of streets in Brooklyn. Yes, it's there. It's still there. And St. John's Church has a big Black Lives Matter sign in front of it. Black Lives Matter, which is anti-faith, by the way. Anti-religion. It's anti-family. It's a horrible, horrible ideology and organization. Can you imagine what the uproar would be like if uh, we painted MAGA, M-A-G-A, on on 16th Street across from the White House? Now, hey, I'm all for Make America Great Again. Absolutely. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. I love it. But it is a political slogan, and a lot of people don't like it. It offends people. Uh, I think I should be able to wear it on my head, a hat. Um, and not get punched in the face, that would be nice, but uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't wear the hat, because I'm in New York City, and I'd rather not get punched in the face on the way home. But I think reasonable people can agree. Look, even a MAGA guy, I don't want. I don't think MAGA should be written uh, on a big plaza across the street from the White House. Not everybody agrees with that. I mean, these are for commonly held values, you know, truth, justice, the American way. More than half, half of America, at least— Half of America doesn't like MAGA. I think more than half of America doesn't like BLM, but there it is, right there, on a church, no less, on a church. Wait a second. Rose calling from Long Island. What do you want to say about Dr. Oz? And it better be nice, because I love this guy. All right, Greg, listen now. Don't get fresh. Just hear me out, because I love you and I love your show, okay? Don't start yelling. But Hello, Rose. How dare you call? I'm only kidding. Go ahead. What? Hey, Greg, before I go into Dr. Oz, I just want to tell you, I loved your tweet yesterday, how you put uh, Joe Biden, that he's always talking about transgender and never about Jesus. I love that you do that. Kudos to you. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, thank you for noticing. And it's just amazing that he does, he talks more about transgender issues than, can you believe it? And what an opportunity he has as a believer. But no, he doesn't go there. All right. He's not a real he's not a real Christian, but that's not up to us to judge. That's up to God. But True. he's not a Christian. All uh, right. So, Greg, this is what I need to talk to you about, Dr. Oz. I watch your show faithfully, but I can't stand when you put that man on and don't call him out about a few things. Number one, how about his stance on abortion? Have you ever asked him about that? Uh, he's pro-life. Okay, no, he's not. You need you need to have your research. Now, wait, 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 hold on a second. He is pro-life. Okay, Greg, my buddy was Justin CPAC. Give, give me the other. Give me the other. Well, give me the other thing about uh, other than abortion. What else is on your mind? Okay, so also he and I have his quote. He said that the COVID nineteen was not made in a lab. He said that. He said it in an interview. I have the information. Yeah, but when? When did he say it? Look, you know what this reminds me of, quite frankly, when Donald Trump ran for president. You know, the the establishment Republicans hated it, hated it. And they came up with, in fact, they came up with quotes. They came up with quotes from interviews that he did where Donald Trump said he was pro-choice. All right. They came up with quotes to trap him to say, oh, wait a second. Look, he's a flip flopper. He's this. He's that. That's what the swamp does. He brings world-class talent. Forget about the – so it's just about the issues. I'm telling you, he's got talent. Hey, you got to admit there, uh, Rose, I'm, a, I'm, I'm open about this. I like the guy. I love the guy. I just think he's great. I think he's so talented. I do think he's a man of honor. 
And I am not. And that when I say that, I'm not out to trip them up. I'm not. I mean, th- that's what you get, though. You got to give me that. I'm conspicuously biased about Oz. I admit it. Fair enough. Greg, I think I think you got this one wrong. Uh, let me finish. If you ever watched any of his shows, he's against guns. He's definitely not pro-life. And he refuses to say and come out with that where that um, China virus was made. He he is not the Republican you think he is. No, no. First of all, I don't care if he's not the Republican. I have I, I could care less about Republicans. You know what I mean? I, I the only people I don't like more than Republicans are Democrats. All right. I mean, I just uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm MAGA is not Republican in my in my book. Uh, every, almost every Republican I meet is a rhino. Hey, listen, we could agree to look. I think he could do some amazing things. He's got talent. He's got skill. He's not one of these career politicians. And uh, but you know what, Rose, I guess you, you can't vote. Neither can I. You live in Long Island. But but Greg, doesn't it concern you that he's Oprah's buddy? He's in the inner sanctum there. What am I going to do? All right. You know how many you want to go right now and look at how many pictures there are of Donald Trump and Oprah. Do me a favor, Rose. Look for that right now. You'll find about 50. I'm not going to judge him because he's friends with Oprah. And by the way, Oprah is now distancing herself from him. Everybody's running from him. I don't do that. Not to my friends. And quite frankly, you know, I don't I don't agree with everybody about all the issues. I know he's a good person and I think he brings a lot of skill to the table. So we're going to have to uh, disagree on that one. But uh, do me a favor. Look up those pictures and Rose, seriously, thank you. We agree on a much more than we disagree about, right? Right. Okay, be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. You know, I had to double check. I had to look twice, and it's true. The man, you've heard about this, who smeared fecal matter in a woman's face on a subway platform is already back on New York City streets. He was released without bail despite being arrested 44 times in the past and just weeks after threatening a store employee with a screwdriver during a robbery. Now, one of the reasons why, by the way, I avoided this story is because um, it's gross. And I don't like talking about this matter. Uh, So I use euphemisms like fecal, if you know what I mean. Frank Abroqua. 37 years old, was released without bail Tuesday for a vile subway attack, but was immediately arrested for an alleged hate crime that happened last year. He's accused of threatening to murder a Jewish man in Brooklyn last September. Abraqua was apprehended after being arraigned for smearing fecal matter on a woman at the East 241st Street station in the Bronx on February 21st. The attack came just three days after Mayor Adams unveiled subway safety plant to deploy 1,000 cops in the transit system. The alleged hate crime and fecal matter incident are two of dozens of his arrests. He had 44 arrests. This is, and he's walking around right now, out there. You know, this kind of story emboldens criminals. I mean... He chose to spread fecal matter. That's not very profitable or anything, but uh, other criminals, you know, they don't specialize. Thieves, burglars, robbers, rapists, you name it. They see a story like this, 
and emboldens them. Wait a second. No punishment, essentially. Uh, it's very, very damaging. The world really is kind of coming undone. That a judge, that a magistrate could have this person stand before them with that record and allow them to walk. The second time is really the most, uh, the second walk, he walked on the fecal charge and then he walked on the hate crime charge, accusing somebody to, man, you know what? I borrowed a stapler once and I, I had, I couldn't sleep. I took a sharp pen from a coworker and they weren't at their desk. I felt guilty about it. I wrote a note. How do these guys pull this stuff off and still, uh, I don't know. Oops, there's the music. <sighs> deep breath, deep breath. It's going to be okay. Uh, I hope. I hope. It feels different, doesn't it? It feels different. This could go either way. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right, so Rose from Long Island and I won't agree on Dr. Oz, but we certainly agree about Joe Biden. What a creep. And oh, by the way, listen, as I like to say, I love everybody. I don't have to like everybody. I even love Joe Biden. I even love my enemies. I really do. And I do think that I know that everything can work out for the good. And uh, he's waiting for us. He's even waiting for Joe Biden. But uh, no, I'm sorry. There's a there's a problem here. The way he doesn't talk about the Lord, and when he does talk about the Lord, I am very put off. Now, number one, remember, he came in with great fanfare uh, that this was a righteous man, a man of the of, of faith. And the message was, unlike Donald Trump, right? That's what they were getting at. Cut 68, please. Cut 68. I will just take the opportunity to remind all of you that he is a devout Catholic and somebody who attends church regularly. I'm a Christian. A lot of people are Christians. Uh, Joe Biden's a Christian, but he also recognizes the dignity of all human beings. Joe Biden is a Catholic, a devout Catholic. He's talked publicly, repeatedly about how his Catholic faith has helped him. He is. He is a devout Catholic. And um, I, I remember talking to one of his staffers saying to me, you know, even when we travel abroad, we have to find somebody or somewhere he can he can go to church on Sunday. Oh, wow. What a logistical nightmare. Right. Wow. wow, That's amazing. Wow. Um, He's a Catholic. Just ask him, huh? No, I don't think so. Uh, They said those were staff people. That was Jen Psaki, other pundits uh, saying all that stuff. Whenever I hear him talk about God, he only really refers to it in, 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 in such a manner, which I think is just so limiting. Think about how much more that conversation could be if you were the leader of the country. Cut 69. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. He talks more about God in the kind of in the context of transgender than anything else. By the way, to those transgender teens, you don't need Joe Biden to have your back. You need God to have your back. All right. Forget Joe Biden. All right, he's a career politician. He's not going to change your life. Forget it. Forget him. Anybody, transgender, teen, transgender, uh, 70-year-old, heterosexual, 25-year-old, I don't care. It it doesn't, God is there for all, and he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us, and there is a way to do that through the Bible. I'm telling you, miracles start happening. You will see. 
you will see. And I guess it, I, I, I just, when you realize, and by the way, there was a big chunk of my life where I didn't realize, walking around, stumbling in the dark, thinking I was in charge, thinking it was all about me, thinking that I, it was all my effort and all my success and all or, or failure or whatever. It was all on me and what I could do. And then you realize you really are just a very small piece in all of this. And he, 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 it's his. It's all for him. And I would not, I, I, I look, I'm on the WABC radio show right now telling you that. If I were at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, I could not not say that. It's just a lost opportunity. I hope he finds his way. He certainly is a lost guy. And when you say things like this, too, this actually rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, cut 70 from the other night, if you don't mind. Cut 70. My fellow Americans, tonight we've gathered in this sacred space, a citadel of democracy. A sacred space. Sacred. No, it's not. Yeah, there's some history there. Sure, there's some tradition there, but it's a building. Okay? It's a building. It's a federal building. And it's whatever. But he calls it sacred to elevate it. And then if he elevates the building, he can elevate January 6th. Get it? All right? So January 6th becomes not a trespassing event, not a vandalism, not a false flag operation. What about those cops letting everybody in, huh? We still don't know about that. But if he can say it's a sacred place, he can say that they you know, desecrated the sacred place and then Oh, they undermined democracy and we were hanging by a threat. All that stuff. It's just a fake narrative. That's what they like. Telling little stories. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, hey, wait a second. Now, what's this all about? Gail, hello. What is it? Hey, you know I adore you. <clears throat> I just want to tell you, as a mom, you know, maybe this is motherly advice kind of thing. Hello? Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, you make some really good points. Thank you. You're, Thank you're you. cheapening what you're saying by picking on, I could give you a whole host of names, what people look like or what they're wearing <laughs> or their hair is not done. So? Oh, give me one name. Give me one name. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Governor Hochul. Oh, her. Yeah. Don't get me started on her. My goodness gracious. That one. You can tell she spends way too much time in the beauty parlor. Look, I'm, you realize I'm complimenting her looks. All right. You know, she's a fine looking woman, but she is paying way too much attention to her appearance. And it's not just her. It's everybody. Have you been on Instagram lately? Everybody's looking no. at themselves in the mirror all the time. No, this is a real thing, Gail. This is vanity. This is, look at me, I'm being, it's style over substance. Now, I'm not making, I'm not saying she's ugly. I'm not saying that she has some sort of deformity or anything like that. She doesn't. She's actually a very beautiful woman. But there's too much. There's too much with the hair and the makeup. You know it. You've seen it before. You know it, right? You can tell when somebody's dressed up for three hours or when somebody's run out of the house. Right, Gail? So you got to admit, I'm not putting her down. I'm not saying like, oh, look at her. She's uh, short. I'm not saying anything. I don't even know how tall she is. So, Gail, give me one more name. you got to admit, I, 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 when you look at it like that, it's not as bad as you thought. 
All right, I'm with you. So okay, give me another name. Adams. Well, the same thing. I, how many times do I say that that guy looks great? He does. He's yeah. fit. He's trim. Right. He, yeah. he, he he never never a wrinkle in his clothes. But guess mm-hmm. what? what? That's not how leaders look. You gotta break a sweat. You gotta work. You gotta take off the jacket. You can't just look cool. There's so much on the line, Gail. We can't just be walking around looking cool for the pictures, for the likes, for the comments, for the retweets. There's there's actual stuff to get done. And too many people in life, in the world, this is how we got elected. Oh, he looks like a cool guy. He's saying the right things. They didn't bother. They didn't spend 10 seconds looking into this guy who is a corrupt, lying, racist. Sorry, Gail. Okay. You're not going to win this one, Gail. <laughs> Goodbye. No, wait, 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 wait. Don't go like that. You sound all you, know, you sound all bent out of shape. Well, I don't think you really got what I was. No, I know what you're saying. Listen, my mother says the same thing. She does. Yes, and so did my wife once. Ooh. Ooh. But then I had to tell them what I told you. But I, I have to tell you, Gail. In fairness, they pick better examples because you pick two attractive people. I'm very uh-huh. careful about what I. I'm actually careful with the criticism. You know what I mean? I am. No, I customize it. I mean, if you think about it, I'm not – if you listen carefully to what I said about Hochul, she's attractive. Same for Eric Adams. That's the problem, though. Too much, too much on the substance. Now, the thing I thought you were going to say is when I brought up Liz Cheney because I do think she looks a little bit frumpy and she needs a makeover. Yes, you have said that. I have said that, Mm -hmm. but if you listen carefully – that is actually um, – um, she's a bit of a worker. She's – you can fix that. You know what I mean? She should hang out with Governor Hochul for a, an afternoon. You can fix that. I'm not like saying – she. anyway, I, I guess we're at a draw. Hey, wait a second. Gail, are you the one who lives near uh, Jackie Gleason's house? Yes, yes. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, all right. Anything else we can do for you? <laughs> all right. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. Good, 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 good. Oh, man. I didn't mean to get that worked up. Oh, Jesus. Excuse me. Now everyone's calling in complaining about how I uh, talk about people's looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. All right. Hang up on every single one. No, you don't have JR from Brooklyn, and I should not go down this telephone rabbit hole. What's up? Listen, I'm all, I'm all for making fun of ugly people. That's not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, I don't really that. do that when you think about it. That's what I just told her. I don't do that. I was making. I don't do that. And ugly, there's not ugly is an ugly word. I don't like ugly. It's not you know people are distinctive and interesting looking. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about what they can control. It's not nice to make fun of people on things they can't control. All right, I can't control that I'm a white. Uh, heterosexual uh, man. I'm not proud of those things, but I'm not ashamed of them either. And I don't like being made fun of them or being re- being reduced because I'm those things. And I don't like it, quite frankly, when people are celebrated also for things they can't control because nobody chose any of this stuff. Uh, sorry. Uh, finish your thought. Thank you. You're punching down. You're a Marine and you know better than that. You punch up. Don't go after someone because they're frumpy and dumpy. Is it funny? Yeah, of course it's funny. Well, it's not. It's just it just comes up. It's not really strategic. I mean, it's just 
punching down, punching up. Look, you got to keep fighting. All right. I'm sorry. I just yeah, I, 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 that's what I do. I'm a fighter. I, I uh, who so who can I punch? You're picking soft targets. I'm not picking soft. What are you talking about? What? 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 Like what? By calling someone frumpy. That's not. That's an aside. Forget about it. It doesn't matter. All right. It's a. I spent. I spent five minutes the other night. I did ten minutes on Liz Cheney and her swamp heritage, uh, her uh, shortchanging the people of Wyoming, her Republican in name only voting record. Although she has been pretty good on some issues, um, the substance. And by the way, she voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Okay. I mean, this is a problem, and I know this. It's personal with her. Oh, boy, it's personal. Because Donald Trump was the only one who had the uh, uh, moral courage to call out that waste of a war, the war in Iraq. And guess who's responsible for it? Her father. All right? This is very, very personal with her. And quite frankly, a little bit with me, too. Because I was over there. I know people who lost their lives over there. I had some whatever over there. So... Yes, it's a little bit personal. Any other criticisms, uh, Jr.? No, I mean, yeah, she does look like a soup sandwich. You're correct. But you just spent an extra 45 seconds now punching up at her, which is great. You just proved our point. No, I, no, 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 no. I, I know what you mean. I, I, yeah, I, I, no, it's not punching up at her. Punching down, punching. It's not even. Anyway, anything nice? Anything nice? What kind of name is Jr.? Do they call you Jr. or Junior or what? No, it's just uh, it's uh, abbreviation, first name, last name. But is it like uh, because of, is it because of that movie? That what was that TV show? Dallas. No, I'm I'm a little I'm a little after Dallas. But uh, all right, all right. Well, anyway, Jr. Thank you for calling. Thanks, thanks, Junior. Thank you, thank you. Goodbye, Natalie. Uh, no, I want to take a break. I need to take a, a a brief break and get it together and find out if I really want to talk to you plenty more after the way you've been treating me for the past couple of minutes. Goodbye. This is the Greg Kelly show. Hey, yes, I'm back. Breaking news. Let's see how big this is. Ukraine says it has reached a tentative agreement with Russia to organize safe corridors for civilians to evacuate and for humanitarian supplies to be delivered. Under the agreement, ceasefires would be observed where safe corridors are created. This is no big deal. This is not that big a deal. This is the way, quite frankly, professional wars are supposed to be fought. All right, corridors for the evacuees, supply lines open for humanitarian aid and all that stuff. This means in other parts of the country they can still fight and shoot and kill each other. So, I mean, it's something. It's not. It's not bad news, but it's it's not as good as I as I was hoping for. And uh, hey, wait a second. Did Joe Biden fall again? Did Joe? No. Wait a second. Did Joe B- Biden fall again? You remember he fell? Actually, you probably don't because nobody was nobody would put it on TV. He fell three times. I got a report here that he may have fallen again. I would love to do me a favor. Let's. Let's check this out. And finally, um, uh, cut 43. Do you know, did you know, I did not until very recently that America is still buying Russian oil. Cut 43. We're buying over 600,000 barrels a day of crude from Russia. We've been doing this for quite some time. We have to step up to the plate. That means basically reversing some of the decisions that have been made, but no leasing 
not drilling and basically cutting back. We need energy independence more now than ever before. Uh, wow, we sure do. And we had it under Trump. We actually did. We had it under Trump. And now what do we have? We got a guy making big promises about solar, wind, never nuclear, never nuclear. Uh, cut 44, please. Solar panels, wind turbines, batteries to store energy and power for electric vehicles, including electric school buses. Makes us global leaders of fast-growing clean energy industries like electric vehicles, solar and wind power, battery power. The manufacturing of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries to store energy and power the electric vehicles from school buses to automobiles. It's going to help us meet the moment on climate change. I'm a global leader in the fast-growing clean energy industries like solar and wind power. I just like the days when we were a global leader, period. We're not a global leader anymore. We have to do everything in coordination and cooperation with our allies. And, of course, you have to do some of that. But we've been following our allies. We haven't been leading. You know, the rest of the world kicked Russia off the SWIFT banking system way before we got involved in that. We were opposed to that. All about our allies. Rule by committee. You you want to get something done, you know, don't invite 17 of your friends over and have a meeting about it. All right? Things get complicated really quick. But you can feel awfully productive, can't you? Committee hearings, uh, sidebars, all that stuff. You can really get lost in it. Cut 46, please. This is how this is. This is the goal. The goal is working with allies. Notice how they never talk about what's accomplished. Cut 46. We will work in lockstep with our allies and partners to respond decisively. And we'll continue working with our close allies and partners. And we are also working very closely with our allies. We will, working with our allies and partners, do everything we can uh, to identify those. Wonderful. Wonderful. You can get lost in that. And it creates the illusion of work. Kind of like Twitter, by the way, creates the illusion of work. And maximum feedback for very for minimum output. Hey, one other thing we don't have to worry about anymore in Ukraine. We've got DART teams, disaster relief and assistance teams on the ground. Uh, let's see here. Cut 47. USAID has deployed a disaster assistance response team, our top international emergency responders, to lead the U.S. humanitarian response in coordination with European allies, partners, and international organizations. And USAID Director uh, Samantha Power was, as you know, just uh, uh, in Poland along the border with Ukraine. Thank goodness for Samantha Power. You ever see her? She's got long red hair. She called Hillary Clinton. um, She's basically famous for calling Hillary Clinton a monster once. And they kicked her out of the Obama administration for a couple of years. But then they all was forgiven and they made her U.N. ambassador. So she's running around on the border. Everything's fine, right? Uh, I had one more thing to play from that. Um, hey, again, I am really concerned about, yes, I'll, I'll say it. Um, I'm concerned about Ukrainian soldiers, Ukrainian citizens, and Russian soldiers and Russian citizens. Some of these guys on both sides, just 19 years old, when you take somebody prisoner, you can't hold them up for public ridicule and scorn. Listen to this. Cut 48, please. So they got a guy that's a Russian, that's a Russian uh, POW on a stretcher. 
And you can tell they're making fun of them. They're yelling at them. They're kind of gently kind of they're kind of roughing them up a little bit. That's in violation of the Geneva Convention. You can't do any of that stuff. Well, well, that's 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 politically correct. That's woke. No, it's not. It's the rule of law. That's the way professionals fight. You take care of the enemy's prisoners, EPWs, POWs. You, you take care of them, even though they're the bad guys. You take care of them. Why? Because when our guys go missing, when our guys get caught, we want them taken care of on the other side. Savage countries, all right? They abuse. They abuse POWs. Iraq did it in the first Gulf War to actually a couple of guys I know, uh, Lieutenant Jeffrey Zahn, um, Smiling Bob Wetzel. These are guys I flew with in flight school. Uh, three weeks, they beat the hell out of these guys. Fortunately, they're, uh, they came back okay. Who was the other guy? A guy named Berryman. They, 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 they beat him up about the face and breast, chest, neck, and head, literally. Uh, so you don't want to do that. I know. I had a debate with these guys yesterday. Oh, you, you know, you got to rough them up. You got to be tough. What's wrong with you, Greg? Yeah, what's wrong with me? It's just like, uh, who's that Joe Biden? This is like, that, that's false tough guy stuff. Just like Joe Biden bragging how many times he's been to Iraq and Afghanistan. Did you notice that the other night? Cut 56. Our troops in Iraq have faced in Afghanistan, have faced many dangers. One being stationed at bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. Many of you have been there. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 40 times. I've been there 40 times, he says. Talked about this for a moment yesterday. That means he's been there for about six hours. You know who does this? A lot of politicians, a lot of reporters. You talk to your average soldier or Marine who served overseas you know, they say, how many times have you been to Iraq? They'll say, once for a year, and twice for 18 months. But Joe, isn't he? He counts it. He counts it so he can tell you about it. He counts it so he can tell you about it. They don't tell you that it's in and out. Real quick, a couple of hours on the ground. Don't overnight in Iraq if you're a senator. Maybe you do in some base, well-protected, a base within a base within a base. Sometimes they stay on the plane. Um. Hmm. 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 Oh, tonight I'm going to have this uh, guy on. You remember Pete Buttigieg? Pete Buttigieg Edge? Talk about a guy who used to count. He used to count how many car trips he took in Iraq. I'm sorry, in Afghanistan. He was a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy and he was a duty driver. He even said in his own book he was a military Uber. That's how I knew one of the many examples, actually, a great big phony. Going to Afghanistan as a, where did they go to college again? Harvard and an intelligence, an intelligence officer in the Navy. And he's driving people to the gym. He was just looking for something to brag about. And he did. And it worked. And he got himself the big job, Secretary of Transportation. You know, another guy ran for president as just a mayor of a small town, medium town, Miramar, Florida. It was actually bigger than uh, uh, South Bend. Indiana, where Pete came from. His name was Mayor Massam. The only problem is he wasn't gay like Pete, so he didn't get any attention. WABC. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, do you guys remember um, John Melendez, Stuttering John? 
He was big on the Howard Stern show. And then he made a horrible mistake in his career and his life when he, I think he kind of quit Stern without telling anybody. It was really terrible. Um, and Jane Leno, oh, I've never met, uh, but I have met Howard, and Howard is a genius. I love that guy. Um, Jane Leno should have checked in with Howard before taking one of his people, and he didn't do that. So I understand. There's bad blood here, and um, Melendez went to The Tonight Show, and it didn't work out very well. Can't remember what happened. I do remember this. His stuttering days were over. I don't even know if they ever even started. They used to call him Stuttering John. I'd watch him have long conversations with people and I never I guess when he got nervous sometimes he stuttered or whatever there were a couple of funny bits he did on with folks but some of them were awfully mean you know he'd just go up to Billy Crystal and he asked him questions that I knew really hurt inside um you know he what did he do he went up to Jim Lovell the Apollo 13 astronaut who remember went to the moon and they had the explosion and they couldn't walk on the moon and they had to like Make an air filter out of seatbelts. Remember that? Anyway, he sees him at some event in New York City, and he says, "What happens when when you pass gas on in the spaceship? You know, stuff like that." And Jim Lovell was not amused. So why did I bring this up again? Oh yeah, he attacked me. He said, "You freaking moron!" Apparently, stuttering John has become some woke crying liberal defender of Biden and all things left. The same goes for Jackie the Joke Man. Is that his name? Martling? I've been nice to that guy. I had him on various shows, even though, quite frankly, I think he was funnier writing jokes for Howard than telling jokes himself. But he said all kinds of horrible things on, on Twitter about me and the other guy. I mean, I don't really mind terribly, but yesterday I decided to have some Fun with it, and I reacted. Totally over-the-top reaction. How dare you treat Howard Stern and Boy Gary and Robin like that? You betrayed them and my family. How dare you say anything to me? And now he's threatening to sue me and everything like that. And then I said, you don't even have a real stutter. And then he really tried to get serious about lawyers. Can you sue somebody for saying they don't stutter? I don't think that can, uh, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think there's precedent for that. Uh, who knows? Uh, so good luck to Stuttering John. He said he invited, he, he'd invite me on my show. On his show, that uh, I would happily do that sometime in 2024. Uh, the other thing, oh, Joe Biden is trying to link January 6th to the Ukraine invasion by Russia. He really is. What a piece of work this guy is. After the State of the Union, if that wasn't bad enough... He hits the road to Wisconsin, home of fishy elections, and he said this. We're not perfect. We're not even close. But we never have walked away. And Vladimir Putin was counting on being able to split up the United States. Look, how would you feel if you saw crowds storm and break down the doors of the British Parliament, kill five cops. Nobody killed five cops. Or the German Bundestag or the Italian Parliament. I think you'd wonder. Well, that's what the rest of the world saw. It's not who we are. And now we're proving 
under pressure that we are not that country. We're united. You get it? You get the implication? Putin saw the division of January 6th and decided to invade Ukraine because he did not think we would respond. But now we're responding and we're united. So January 6th is the worst thing that ever happened. It was a threat not only to uh, democracy in America, but to the world. You know what? You know what brought on uh, the invasion of Ukraine, Joe? You know, 62 percent of Americans believe that Ukraine would not have been invaded if Donald Trump were still in office. You can look it up. Numerous polls to that effect. I can't believe it. He says the horns guy, that dopey guy walking around the Capitol who didn't hurt anybody or break anything, that that somehow instigated the invasion of Ukraine. How about smash and grab robberies all over the place? How about when thugs and thieves and killers are celebrated Yet law enforcement is denigrated and spat upon. How about when we leave Afghanistan with a tail between our legs, worse than a tail between our legs? We left with a a bloody tail, a dead dog being escorted out of Afghanistan. That's how we left Afghanistan. How about, Joe, your daily comings and goings? Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? You got big problems, pal. Anybody looking at you would think, I can take this guy. Be it one of you, anybody. You're not impressing people. You can see it, by the way. There's video of Democrats watching the State of the Union address. They're all checked out, leaning way back, barely paying any attention. That's a problem, by the way. They don't like him. They don't respect him. They don't fear him. You got to be a little bit of afraid, a little bit afraid of a president. All that power. He doesn't have a clue because all he's been is a gas bag his entire life. Literally, there are two years of his life when he wasn't in government. And what was he during those two years? He was a notary public junior associate gopher at a uh, the, the, the seventh largest law firm in Wilmington, Delaware. And now he's the president of the United States. America is quite a country when you think about it. You know, you're not that far, quite frankly. If you can get yourself elected to the House of Representatives, you know, everything is within striking distance at that point. And plenty of nobodies get themselves elected to Congress. And every congressman, every senator looks in the mirror and they say they see a future president. So uh, it all he's not as removed from. The man on the street, as you might think. In fact, he's very much like the man in the street, and I don't want that. I want my president, quite frankly, to be special. Sure, stylistically, having the common touch is great, but they should have some world-class talent. They should be able to do something that we can't. And the only thing this guy can do that we can't is line his own pockets with all kinds of graft and who the hell knows what he's got going on. In fact, when he was just before he... Uh, blame January 6th for Ukraine. He was once again boasting about how tight he is with President Xi of China. Now, why would he do that? Play that for me. I told Xi Jinping, who I'm told I've met with more than any other world leader, that it's never been a good bet to bet against the American people. Never. Okay, thank you. Um, Number one, I don't believe you said that. If you did say that, the only other person I know who's ever said that was Bethany. Remember Bethany from The Real Housewives? She was having an argument with Amarosa. Yeah, that Amarosa. And said, 
No one's ever made money betting against me, Bethany. And I thought, hmm, I can't imagine anybody, you know, waging a, a, a that kind of wager. And it was like just um, – but he said he spent so much time with President Xi, and he has said that hundreds and hundreds of times. More time with President Xi than any other leader. Now, ordinary people obviously would not care. I, I, I don't find that remotely interesting or impressive. Well, geez, you're the president. I mean, uh, number one, who's keeping those kinds of records? America is a really important country. So is China. And so is Russia. I would imagine that you guys would spend some time together. But he's out there boasting about it. So why would he do that? It's not for us schmucks who come to work every day. No, it's not us. It's for his clients. It's to boast that he can get you business. He can get your business done for you in China. What do you mean? He's not going to do that. He's the president. Everyone's watching. That's what Hunter's for. That's what he's always been for. Why the hell else do you think there are pictures of Hunter and Joe hugging and kissing for art photographs taken by Annie Leibowitz? Have you ever seen some of that stuff? No normal person would ever pose for a picture like that with their son or daughter. I mean, these are unbelievably weird. I mean, it's one thing for some family affection, but it's another thing to bloody kiss on the lips for 10 seconds, hugging in a a black and white art photo. You know, try it this way. And the look, the look in Hunter's eyes, it's just there's something very, very odd going on there. Take a look at it. Hunter, Joe, kissing, picture. Nobody, it. But So why? I'm not suggesting it's a fetish, but who knows. But it really is to underscore how close they are, right? It's not just a father-son. It is the same person. You know, just like in The Godfather, you see Turnbull. See Turnbull for that stuff. Makes sense? I think it totally makes sense. It works like a watch. Hey, Natalie, uh, I love that name, by the way. How are you? You're calling from Suffolk County. Yes, I am, and thank you. I love the name, too. I was always glad my parents chose it. Um, I was calling because I know you were talking about Governor Hochul and people complaining about you talking about her looks. I don't see what the big deal is. I think people get all bent out of shape out of way too much anymore. But I have to be honest, I don't see what you're seeing. I don't see the great beauty. But that said, um, you were talking yesterday about Zelensky and how he should shave. And I have to say, I agree. I think there's a lot to be said for things like that. I think that what we do with ourselves gives us a certain feel about ourselves, and it portrays a certain aura to others. And, I mean, even in the Bible, I mean, um, God was very careful about teaching the Jewish people and who he wanted them to surround themselves with. And after captivity for 400 years in Egypt as slaves, they took on the ways and customs and even some of the beliefs of the Egyptians. And when he brought them out into the wilderness, everything he told them about what they should do, eat, wear, all of that, all of it was he was teaching them how to worship him and how to be again. And, and all of that, I believe, has a lot to do. I mean, man's tendency is never to, not often, 
not never, to elevate themselves. If, if a person is a good, very good person, surrounds themselves with maybe one or two other people that do some things that aren't really very outstanding, a lot of times they'll sink to that level. And God knows that of us. He knows our human nature. And when it came to the Philistines, he told Saul, you know, destroy them. Because he knew that if the Jews intermarried with the Philistines, began living with them, they would take on those, those traits. So I, that's what, how I see it. As a leader, I understand he wasn't shaven but it, for a couple of days, but I, I agree 100%. As a leader, yeah, you put your clothes on, shave, and give the appearance that you, you have it together. You're, you've, you're in charge of this situation, and it creates a certain feeling towards you. And it also creates a feeling within yourself, how you behave, how you hold yourself. Wow, Natalie, there's a lot there. I appreciate it all. Uh, very interesting indeed. Um, you're talking about the Old Testament and all those rituals. Yes, indeed. Uh, Natalie, uh, it's a little uh, curious about you. Tell me, uh, I don't know, I, uh, a beautiful name. Uh, what's your story? My story? Well, I'm one of four girls. I had two of the greatest parents. My mother was a very staunch woman of faith. My father um, was as well. And they raised us to be um, good people. They raised us to care about, you know, the right things to behave ourselves. Um, And my mother always used to say after being asked, how did you do it? How do you raise four girls? It's a lot of worry. And her answer was it was a lot of prayer. Did you get married? Um, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I have two children of my own. Very nice. You know, it's tough to uh, it's tough to it's tough on on single people right now. Wouldn't you agree? Extremely tough on single people. I don't know where I have two kids. They're both grown. And one, my son is a police officer. Uh, They're both having a very tough time finding people. It's not an easy world. I, I mean, there's a lot of being on the phones all the time, the way they interact with one another is so different. Mm. I think it's a whole different world, and um, I don't like the type of things that, I mean, anymore in this world, people meet, they live together first, then maybe they have a baby, then they get married. Um, It's a rough, rough time. How about this? And I hate to bring it up, but let's face it, it's happening, Uh, you know, in the old days, you might exchange a note in class. Uh, now you take photographs. And it's not just happening in schools. It's happening adults, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, it is happening with adults. It's can you imagine Can you imagine back in, like, 1985, before we had uh, digital cameras, what you'd have to do to do that? Take a picture of yourself in a mirror, I guess, and then go to the photo mat. Get that picture developed. Put it in an envelope. Send it to somebody. I mean, just it's it's like that when you think about it in terms like that, I don't know. It's our heads are being rewired and I don't know what direction this is all going in. I don't know. I mean, it's not good, obviously. Yeah. I don't think and the other thing is sending that bringing that to the photo map, I'd be saying to myself, the person developing this picture is gonna see it. Like I'd be mortified. Yes, there is that of as well. Yes, of course. And uh Anyway, it is a complicated world, but I'm so glad uh, you called and, and, and your faith is uh, something that obviously is 
made you who you are and helped you step of the way, and it's available to all of us. Uh, I take it you're Jewish, right? No, I'm Catholic. And the reason that I know a lot about the, the Old Testament is because I just, at, the, at last year, the, uh, on December 31st, I completed a Bible co- podcast. It's called Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmidt. It is, I highly, highly recommend it. He, you go through the whole Bible with him um, in one year. Yeah. He explains so much. I learned so much, Greg. Yeah. I've heard about it. I didn't do it. I wanted to read it on my own, which I have been doing. There was something, maybe I'll give it another shot. I listened to it once and I thought, no, I don't want to do this. But uh, listening to you, I'm impressed. And uh, wow, Natalie, thank you so much. Give us the name of that podcast one more time. It's called a Bible, The Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. And you can get it on uh, ascensionpress.com. You can find it on any of your podcasts. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Bible in a Year. I love it, Natalie. Thank you so much for calling. i got to take a quick break. Oh, I'm overdue. Be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, remember that convoy of trucks? We had the great one in Canada. That was awesome. And now we have another one, the People's Convoy. It was supposed to be in Washington, D.C. on uh, for the State of the Union on Tuesday, but it didn't happen. I talked to one of the organizers last night. Great guy. I had the sense, though, that maybe they had a little talking to from somebody in the government and they were dissuaded showing up uh, in time for the State of the Union. Nancy put up those great big fences. Did you see that? As if, uh, you know, I don't know, just savages were coming, you know, from the Middle Ages to uh, ravage the place. Um, those were the optics. But uh, the truckers were in Indiana, and they're having a grand time. I think they get to Washington on Saturday, and that should be great. Remember, truck Trump and truckers go together. Um a lot of people made fun of Trump when the truckers actually showed up at the White House in 2017. They actually brought a big rig to the South Lawn, and Trump jumps right in and, and blows the horn and grabs the steering wheel. And the fake news was horrified. How can he ever do this? But he loved it, and they loved him. And in the convention, his Republican convention, which, by the way, was a masterpiece. It didn't, did you stay home and watch it? The Republican convention in 2020, it was perfect in so many ways and they featured not luminaries not congressmen this not senator that but regular people and in the east room of the white house meanwhile obama for his convention you know they had jay-z they had george clooney they had beyonce here's how trump did it in the white house during the convention cut 71 these are my friends these are the incredible workers that helped us so much with the covid these are great great people we want to thank you all you've been incredible and we want to thank you so tell me a little about your stories how about we'll start with you i'm a trucker good i own a small business in ohio great uh hauling steel mostly um you know some of our customers actually made hospital beds with uh, some material that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. I love the truckers. You know, they're on my side. Thank you. Mr. I think all of them, frankly, I think pretty much all of them. It's just great. The immediate connection and the total lack of condescension or judgment. Can you imagine John Kerry meeting a trucker? He'd be shocked. <laughs> How did you get past security? What a, 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 a trucker, as in a truck? You drive that truck. I under, You. 
your father must run the company and this is a hobby for you. No, you're the trucker and you're in the White House talking to me. Like, that's, but no, no. And you know what? That trucker has so much to offer. That is a real skill. You ever see how big those trucks are? 18, most people can't do a decent job parallel parking, you know, a uh, Toyota Tercel. Park back up an 18-wheeler. That is art. That is skill. That's mastery and is to be respected. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. So I guess an oligarch is a very rich, powerful, uh, generally Russian business leader with uh, strong ties to the Kremlin. I've heard the term oligarch for a long time. I don't think it's an official title or anything like that. And I know other countries other than Russia can have oligarchs, right? I think. Anyway, they're going after the oligarchs. I saw breaking news this morning that a uh, some Russian tycoon, oligarch, sorry, had his yacht seized in Monaco. And uh, this is like a big deal, breaking news. And, and then uh, they're going to take all their apartments, I guess, out of 432 Park Avenue, that big one of those super tall buildings. And they live in a lot of luxury buildings around here. And um, I'm just not that excited about that. I don't know what impact that's going to have on on Kiev. Uh, do you think it's going to have any impact? I remember in the old days, America, we seized the hill. You know, we seized the island, Tinian, Saipan, Iwo Jima. And now we're getting all excited when Treasury clerks seize the property records of some Russian oligarch. I know you got to do it, but it's just not the same. And I also think that this was a major mistake. And I got to get my good friend Henry Kissinger on the phone, actually, one of these days um, and find out if Joe's move was as amateurish as I believe it to be. Because when he says this, I think he's taking a major, what do you call it, arrow out of our quiver or uh, no, that's not the right term. Uh He's putting too many cards on the table when he says this. Cut 53. Let me be clear. Our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. Well, why not? I mean, look, I don't want to do that either. And that would be bad. But do you come right out and say it? Isn't that a major thing you have to negotiate with? You know, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I don't know. Putin, you better better get your act uh, together. We've got the biggest power. You know what? Our military ain't that powerful anymore. It's overextended. It's depleted. It's exhausted. It's mismanaged. It's just not what it used to be. After two decades of fighting phony wars... Yeah, Iraq was a phony war. Afghanistan needed to be fought, but we screwed it up every single way you can screw up a war. Number one, as you may have heard me say before, George W. Bush was a wimp and a conniving little wimp, too. A little B-I-T-C-H with daddy issues who wanted to somehow be the tough guy that everybody thought his father wasn't somehow. I actually thought he was okay, but... To take Iraq when Iraq didn't hit us, when Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11, to go all the way around the world for that, 
And you think of all the smarty pants out there who said, that's a good idea. You know, the whole world thinks uh, Vladimir Putin's a monster, and he probably is. But he's invading a country that used to be part of his country. I mean, it's connected. It's right next door. We flew 200,000 guys all the way around the world to a little country known as Kuwait. And we let them wait around there for four months before going into the other country and trying to take it over to get their weapons of mass destruction when they had none. It's just absolutely insane. And I'm just not, you know, I'm getting more and more skeptical. You hear the fake news lie about everything all the time. How do I know? I know, I know that they don't understand the full, the full scope of this story. And I don't either, by the way. I don't understand what the hell really is going on between Ukraine and, and Russia. Very few people do. The history, you know, Putin spoke for an hour the other night. And due to whether it's faulty translations or whatever, I have no idea what the hell he was talking about. They say he was crazy. Was Lavrov crazy as well? Now, these guys, are they total evil maniacs? Well, Putin probably is. I mean, you know what? Hey, you know what? Then again, lots of countries. I'm sorry. Let's grow up here. A lot of countries have had people killed, including, yes, you name it, right here, the USA. You know, we used to kill people regularly, regularly. Assassinations were actually legal. You know who illegalized assassinations? Uh, I think it was Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, who was uh, president in 1974 to 77. By the way, here's, I actually, funnily enough, I got a Gerald Ford clip right here. This was the gaffe of uh, 1975 when he said this at the State of the Union, Gerald Ford. Nobody elected him president. Nobody even elected him vice president, but he, there he is, president of the United States. And he let this one rip. Probably helped uh, cost him the election. Cut 51. And I must say to you that the State of the Union is not good. I mean, that's true, but... You can't say it. I don't think you can say it. I don't think you should say it. Um, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Hey, Jeff in Brooklyn, what's the deal? About the not shaving of President Zelensky, mm. according to Jewish law, in times of national mourning, we do not shave. One example is when the Romans, it could be, it could be a, a, similar to this, when the Romans attacked uh, Israel uh, and surrounded Jerusalem, we commemorate that today with three weeks of not shaving. All right. I mean, that's for Orthodox, right? Isn't that ultra-Orthodox? I mean, whatever he is, he's not ultra-Orthodox, right? No, but you don't have to be ultra-Orthodox. Well, I don't think he's following that. That's, this is not that kind of beard. This is like a couple of days. He's been at this for a long time now. I mean, uh, look, it sounds like you would know better than me, but um, you know, there are plenty of Jews who do not follow that custom. And plenty of Jews who do follow that custom. Uh, plenty of Jews who don't follow that custom. How's that? I mean, I don't want to, I, I just, you, well, you saw him. Do you think he's following the custom or he's just a guy who's kind of beleaguered and hasn't gotten around to shaving yet? Okay. Let me tell you something. No, 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 no. My question is just do me a favor. Answer that. Do you think he's following that custom, that thing that you just mentioned, or is he a guy who's, you know, under fire running all over the place and just skip shaving? There are no atheists in the foxhole. Yeah, I get that, too. But I'm just – forget that. I mean, when you saw him on TV, 
Did you see a guy who was following a, a Jewish custom, or did you see a guy who just didn't shave for two or three days? I'm sure he is following the advice of his rabbi. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. It's not happening, Jeff. I'm sorry. That's just, I can tell you that. That's just not happening in this regard. But maybe, hopefully, another. I don't know. Anything else on your mind, pal? Foxhole. No, no atheists in the foxhole. I love that. That's true. That's true. Um, in fact, I, uh, uh, somebody, that's eh, a long story. I can't get into it right now. Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, Michael in Rockaway Beach, yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Greg. Uh, I have to tell you, I listen to you every day. I get such a kick out of you. I find myself laughing. Sometimes I have to pull the car over. But you get really rough to some people, like that guy, Jamal. I can't get over the give and take between you and him. Sometimes it's really a riot. Oh, that guy. Yeah, no, I love that guy. We finally came to uh, you know an understanding. But thank you. Yes, 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 Jamal. What else? The other thing is uh, you just passed a comment about the Ukraine and Ukraine being part of Russia at one time. Well, you know, we could make say the same thing about us being part of the British Empire, but we sought a better way. We were looking for them, and that's the same thing with Ukrainians. The other comment. Well, I one make, thing about that is, I mean, you know, there was an ocean separating us from England. Um, Ukraine is contiguous, I think the word is. It's connected to Russia. My undergraduate major was history, and I studied it very Where did you go to college? We were culturally connected to the British. Where did you go to college? I went to the City University, Lehman College in the Bronx, and I got my MBA at Baruch College. We call it UCLA, University in the corner of Lexington Avenue and 23rd Street. (laughs) I like that a lot. Anyway, you're going to make a point about history? I'm downstairs, downtown. What? I used to work out with you in the gym downtown at Brookfield Place. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, you were there. Used to joke around with you all the time. I didn't talk to... Wait, wait, you mean Equinox? Yes. I was only a member there for a little while. I went like four times. I know, but I I said hello to you a couple of times. Well, that's so good to reconnect. Uh, The other thing I want to say, though, just to finish off about the Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine is such a resource-rich country. It's unbelievable. I got an email from a friend of mine manganese and iron ore and uranium ores and rare earths and agricultural, the arable land there is like 25% of the arable land in the world. So Ukraine with Russia, Russia is no longer a country. Once it gets Ukraine, it becomes an empire again, and we can't permit that. Uh, Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, I don't want it. I I, I don't want it. But would Ukraine make it an empire, just Ukraine? Yes. Absolutely, with the amount of resources that that country has in minerals. But they got a lot of others. They got a lot of stuff in Russia. They got all kinds of oil. No, not Greg. I'm telling you, the the the, the it's the breadbasket of that part of the world. I mean, Ukraine has tremendous. That's true. Power. You know what? You remind me of something. You know, the color of the Ukraine flag is blue and yellow. Blue is up. Blue is on the upper part. That's for the sky. The yellow is for you know what it represents? Wheat. Wheat. As in bread, as in, yes, the bread basket. It's true. Hey, Michael, it's good to talk to you again. Um, uh, you still working out? Uh, yes, I'm going there right now as soon as I'm finished on the phone with you. All right, excellent. Have a good workout, and I'll be right back. Thanks, buddy. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, a lot of folks have been warning for a long time that NATO expansion, which was like just 
the ultimate. Of course we're going to expand NATO. We won the Cold War, right? NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Should I really talk about NATO? I mean, who really cares about it? It's important a little bit. It is important. Kind of boring. Although I've been to NATO headquarters in Brussels. That place was very, very cool. That I think we got to do it. Listen, there were smart people for a long time that were warning, if you guys cozy up to uh, Ukraine, Russia is going to get very, very mad and might even invade. George Keenan some people say Kennan, arguably America's greatest ever foreign policy strategist, the architect of the U.S. Cold War strategy. As soon as 1998 uh, came around, he warned that NATO expansion was a tragic mistake that ought to ultimately provoke a bad reaction from Russia. Um, I think it is the beginning of a new Cold War. I think the Russians will gradually react quite adversely, and it will affect their policies. I think it is a tragic mistake. There was no reason for this whatsoever. No one was threatening anybody else. This expansion would make the founding fathers of the country turn over in their graves. We have signed up to protect a whole series of countries, even though we have neither the resources nor the intention to do so in any serious way. That's interesting. NATO was simply a lighthearted action by a Senate that has no real interest in foreign affairs. What bothers me is how superficial and ill-informed the whole Senate debate was. I was particularly bothered by the references to Russia as a dying as a country dying to attack Western Europe. Don't people understand our differences in the Cold War were with the Soviet communist regime? And now we are turning our backs on the very people who mounted the greatest bloodless revolution in history to remove that Soviet regime. And Russia's democracy is as far advanced, if not farther, as any of these countries we've just signed up to defend from Russia. Of course, there is going to be a bad reaction from Russia. And then the NATO expanders will say that we always told you that is how the Russians are. But this is just wrong. Now, that's kind of wild. That's George Keenan. I got one more. I know this is a little bit dry, but I think it's important. Kissinger, in 2014, he warned that to Russia, Ukraine can never be just a foreign country and that the West, therefore, needs a policy that is aimed at reconciliation. He was also adamant that Ukraine should not join NATO. Wow. This is a lot more complicated than the folks on Morning Joe put it, isn't it? Putin bad, Ukraine good. Putin bad, Ukraine good. Trump bad. Here's James, no, Jack Matlock. I actually remember this guy. U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union from 87 to 91. Warning in 1997 that NATO expansion was the most profound strategic blunder encouraging a chain of events that could produce the most serious security threat since the Soviet Union collapsed. Wow. I don't think they've been leveling with us. Then again, we're all a bit distracted. This is all 20 years ago. There are a lot of good TV shows to write and watch. I'm sure the responsible folks in politics are going to take care of all this and they'll know this stuff really cold, right? No. Our political class, they are the worst. All they care about is raising money and getting their silly faces on TV. 
I would love to have the night off from TV, quite frankly. Take it. Take it. I mean, I want to come back on Monday, but wouldn't mind taking Friday off. Clinton's Defense Secretary William Perry explaining in his memoir that to him, NATO enlargement is the cause of the rupture in relations with Russia. And that in 1996, he was so opposed to it that in the strength of my conviction, I considered resigning. Wow. I didn't know any of this. This is important stuff. I think I may have to throw out the entire. Let me know, though. Is this interesting enough? If I say it like this, does it make it more interesting? I think this is pretty interesting. I got to work this into the show tonight. This is interesting. Um, hmm. You think you think Joe knows any of this stuff? Joe, what do you say again? Cut 54. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We were all worried if our forces were going to go to Europe to fight Ukraine. Remember that? He couldn't keep it straight. He couldn't keep Ukraine and Ukrainians and Iranians straight in his mind. Marianne in Philadelphia, welcome back. Hello, Greg. How are you? Fine. Um, I wanted to, um, you know, give you my thoughts on uh, Ukraine and what's going on there. Mm. I watched, um, I don't know if it was Jesse, Tupper, or Hannity. Oh, great. Thanks for, uh, yeah, okay. And what did those guys say? I watch you, too. All right. What did they have to say? I'm a a political geek now, you know. I like it. What? I want to thank you for your service, number one. No problem. Always. I I have very high regard for the military, and and I want to congratulate you on your beautiful babies. Thanks. Okay. Now, with Ukraine, I was I was led to understand that they have oil reserves in was it Don Don Bosk and Don and the Black Sea. They have oil reserves yeah. where they could probably take care of Hungary, Poland, that whole the Baltics, the whole area there. And this way, and they also have uranium and a lot of other minerals plus agriculture. And this would set uh, Putin up where he would have control over the whole area there, the U.K. probably and all. Yeah. And that's what I think his main objective is. Hmm. So they'll, we'll ha- they'll have to ask him, and then he'll have everybody by the short hairs. Could be. What do you like about politics so much? Uh, I got into it real, big, real bad when, when uh, Trump came down the elevator. And I thought to myself, Trump, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, then I saw 17 others on the stage and I thought, oh, my God, something's going on. And I sat there and I prayed and I watched him on TV and I prayed about it. And I asked the question, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I just got real quiet and I waited for an answer. And believe it or not, I had that still small voice in my ear. And he said, be still and watch. And that's when it hit me that I knew he was going to win. Well, that's amazing, Marianne. It's totally amazing. I I understand. I can feel it. Um, You know, I had that same feeling. I didn't hear that little voice, but I had the feeling I knew he was going to win. But you know when I knew he was going to win? I was in the room. I was in the atrium when Trump came down that escalator. 
Yeah. I'll bring in the clip tomorrow. After that speech, I wasn't, quite frankly, when he came oh, down the I, escalator, yeah, I really, I what? I saw your face. I saw you and I saw your face. And I thought to myself, huh, Greg knows something already. Hmm. You remember that. Well, no, thank you. The speech, I was blown away and I felt like the earth had shook. The funny thing is, I didn't really, it was only, you know, during and after the speech. When he came down the escalator, I was like half, pay- you know what I was paying attention to? I didn't know who it was at the time. Melania was on the escalator as well. She's like two steps ahead of him. And I don't know if you've ever seen her. She is a beautiful person, like on television, but in, in, in person, it's like, whoa, who is that? And I just, quite frankly, wasn't even thinking of Trump. I was like, who is that? Per-? I didn't even know it was Melania. I didn't know what, I just, anyway, that's what I remember. But the speech and I said, he's going to go all the way. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. You wait and see. I said that to Billy Bush, of all people, and it was on television that very night, and they made fun of me. But we were right, Marianne. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Uh, oh, real quick, Bill in New Jersey, yes. Right? Yeah. You're the only one that can do this. The most important thing in New York is the governor's race. I would like you to schedule a summit. And facilitate a meeting between Andre Giuliani, Rob Astorino, and Lee Zeldin, and ask them to join forces and run together, and don't just cancel the primary and win the race. Uh, no, I can't do that. However, Rudy will be sitting here in a few minutes. He could do that. It's not for, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to, I don't want to, I can't do that. I like Andrew Giuliani too. I, 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 I'm conflicted. Um, but Rudy could do that. Now he's a little bit conflicted too, because Andrew's his son. All right. And you know what I mean? He's, but, but I, I suggest you suggest that to Rudy. Okay. I will, but they all respect each other. I, and Rudy is related to Andrew, obviously. So you're, yeah, but everybody wants it. Only one can win. I don't know how you do that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if that's do. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, any of those guys would be great. I like, I like Andrew. I like Rob and I like, uh, Lee Zeldin Astorino. What would they join forces as? I guess one Lieutenant governor, one for governor, one for, uh, what controller? Is that what you yeah, like? They all, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, they all, they all have specialties. It's all- not a bad idea. You know what, Bill? It's not a bad idea. But uh, let's you, let's talk about it. I don't know who's who, who would take what job. I think they all want the top job. That's a very interesting idea. I am not going to do it myself. All right? I'm not going to give you lip service. I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to engineer that. But run it by Rudy. And maybe I'll run it by Rudy. Uh, Thank you, everybody. I got to go. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 7 o'clock Eastern. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.